Blog Talk Radio. It's your boy Blazing Rye. It is 8 p.m. on Thursday, October, uh, November 10th. Sorry, um, we got a great show coming up for you tonight. Zachary Gray, Nate Hall. Uh, here's some solid music from those guys. But first, something we like to do on the show. Every show is called the Blazing Rye Panel. Tonight on our topics panel, we've got Penn State alum Ryan Willoughby, as well as a crime-fighting vigilante with a big elster. Ellie Kayyem. Ellie, <laughs> Ryan, thank you guys so much for joining the panel. Thanks for having me back, Ryan. Happy to be here. Elser is in the building. <laughs> Big <up. laughs> All right, guys. So let's let's get right down to the nitty-gritty here. Um, Ryan Willoughby, this was not an easy day for you, was it? I'm sorry? This was not an easy day for you, was it? It's never it, an easy it, day for well. it, it certainly wasn't. Let, let, let me get something straight out there. Ryan, you know me. You know that this situation's been bugging the heck out of me. Obviously, if what is alleged is true, it's completely deplorable, and there's no excuse for it. Uh-oh. But, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people don't get it because they didn't go to Penn State. The way they handled the Joe Paterno thing, maybe he had to go fine, but they fired him via phone call. And he was the coach for 46 years. I mean, I... I I'm very upset right now. We'll leave it at that. Okay, and Ellie, what have you to say to that? <sighs> First off, let me say that I think the Penn State football team deserves the NCAA death penalty for the shenanigans oh. that occurred in that cold and dark locker room. All right? Additionally, <laughs> no one from the Penn State coaching staff should be allowed within a two-mile radius of Toys R Us or Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, Ellie, Ellie, you're, you're you're very misinformed. This wasn't a football thing. The guy the guy committed his crimes after. I mean, this isn't a football issue. This is an administration issue. It, it's not. It's unspeakable. What happened to these kids, if true, is deplorable. And this. And here's another thing. The the ironic part is that Sandusky is probably going to go to Rockview Prison, which happens to be three miles outside of Penn State's campus. So if he plays his cards right, he could get a cell with a view of the football stadium. Oh, well, look at that. Look at that. But, I mean, listen, all right, are you meaning to tell me that coaching football, which is by far the sport that requires the most testosterone, was not enough for Sandusky to get out his willies and he had to go and molest innocent kids in the locker room afterwards? 
I mean, Jesus, well, wait, wait, get this Ellie, guy this some is, this, is where, you know? this is where this is where the argument gets off base, though, because it wasn't football players. It was kids that were a part of his foundation that he started, which makes the situation even more deplorable because they were younger. This wasn't a just, you're, well, you're telling I, I me. Figured, I figured he's not going to be molesting like a six-six, two hundred and eighty-pound defensive end. Yeah. You, you, th- you think a DN would let him <laughs> come against him against his will no, without no, stopping hardly, him? Hardly. These were little, these were preteens, young kids, and it's terrible because these kids' lives are irreparably damaged, and who knows what they're going through. And I feel for them, honest to God, do. But. A line needs to be drawn. This wasn't really a football thing. This was an administration, a university thing. And believe me, I'm a Penn State alum. I've been catching shit from a lot of people all day, and and it's sad because they're making it out to be an indictment on all Penn State grads. When in reality, this was just this was this was a guy who did his, you know, he, he's got to be right. No, you're right. To him. You're right. But listen, on the plus side, well, I think the new coach is going to have the upper hand. When he starts threatening the team with dirty Sanduskies, if he sees them slacking off. Okay. Well, yeah, it, it, it's almost like, uh, yeah, they, they turn it into a verb. Like, oh, you got Chris Brown. Oh, you got Sandusky. That's that's the sad part. <laughs> it's gonna catch. This, this, He's this got a legacy. This whole situation is gonna turn. They're gonna turn his name into a verb and say, oh yeah, you got Sandusky, which is a shame because it's unspeakable what happened. I, I'm 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 at a loss for words. And it's as so a we understand who, that, Ellie, that you think that um, the football team will be more effective from now on because the coach, the new coach, will have more of a basis to threaten the team, which is uh-huh. interesting. Will, do you think, uh, Ryan Willoughby, do, do you think that Paterno should or should not have been fired? Uh, uh, see, that, that's where the argument gets a little blurry for me because going there – uh, people who didn't go to Penn State don't realize what Penn State, what Joe Paterno did for my college. It's called the Paterno Library for a reason. This guy donated millions of his own personal dollars to better the school. If, if, it, if, if it turns out, in fact, I, I mean, that he really covered it up, which I read some articles today that allegedly they let Sandusky retire under the premise that they were going to cover everything up. If that really is the case, then he deserved to go. But just speaking by the letter of the law, he did his job. He found out what happened. He reported it up the chain of command, and they didn't do anything. And those people, Tim Curley, uh, Graham Spanier, they all got axed, and some of them are going to jail for it. So it, it's really I, – I, I don't want to pass judgment until the investigation unfolds and we know exactly what happened. Uh, let's just say I'm not happy about it, regardless of the outcome. It's a very shitty situation to be put in. Okay. And uh, fair assessment. Ellie, do you – what do you think uh, – Yes or no, Paterno getting the axe. Not over the phone. Well, that's that, a little cold-hearted. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sad. You know, I in per, I yes, I, you know, you should get the get the axe. I mean, probably something that you want to report to the police. I don't know. That's just me. You know, oh, oh it, it's no big deal. Well, let's just run the place. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they shouldn't do it over the phone. The guy's a legend. That I'm not going to argue. They should have at least done it cordially in person so at least yeah do it do it man to man um let's move on to uh happier topics um want you guys to take a listen to this clip from last night's gop debate um (laughs) this is rick perry speaking and we'll come back in a second just listen to this and we'll we'll gather your thoughts and i will tell you it's three agencies of government when i get there that are gone commerce education (laughs) 
And the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. Five. Oh, five. Yeah, okay. So five. commerce, education, and uh, the um, uh, EPA. EPA. There you go. No, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk. Seriously. Is EPA the one you were talking about? Or? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the um, agencies of government. EPA needs to be rebuilt. But There's you no can't. Doubt about but you that. can't name the third one. The third agency of government. Yeah. I would. I would do away with the education. Uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce. I, I, commerce. And let's see. I can't. The third one. I can't. So. <laughs> Oops. All right. So, Ellie Kayyem, what think you of that? Well, I got three things to say to Perry. Uh, or wait, wait, wait. Is it five? Wait. Oh, okay. Don't make changes to the Department of Commerce. Don't make changes to the Department of Education. And don't. Uh, uh, oh, geez. I mean, listen. I'll tell you one thing, guys. Okay. If this guy somehow becomes our next president. I nominate Forrest Gump for the next presidential candidate, okay? <laughs> you know, I was reading an article today, and uh -huh. it said that, oh, Perry made a mistake. You know, it shows that he's human. As Americans, we want to know our president is human. <laughs> That's bullshit. No, we don't. As Americans, <laughs> I think we want our president to be bionic, mistake-proof, assassination-proof. And additionally... We want our president to be a master debater. Clearly, Perry is not. Perry needs to master debate more often, I think, so that when he gets back to the podium, he could just explode. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all right. Much, Ryan Willoughby, uh, what do you think about Rick Perry flooding so so intensely last night? Uh, I'll tell you two things. One, I would love to hear him debate George W. Bush. I think that would be great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Two, Two, so, you know, you know, you know, who, you know who's happiest the most about this situation? Herman Cain. He, he's, he's out of the news cycle finally for a change. He might be dead to rights in the race, but this whole gas has gotten him out of the news cycle. So he's, he's probably popping bottles, throwing a party in his suite somewhere right now. <laughs> True. Probably Herman Cain. I mean, I have a feeling that Herman Cain will be back all over the news tomorrow, and it's just a, the 24-hour news cycle is just vicious. It's a vicious one. It depends, unless there's another debate. <laughs> then next thing you know, Perry will um, take that over just, again. Just a reminder that we got Zachary Gray coming up in just uh, just a couple minutes. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Eddie Murphy pulling out of the Oscars. Um, Ryan Willoughby, in one word, tell me how this makes you feel. In one word, indifferent. I don't really care. Uh, you know what? Indifferent. I mean, time, one word. Shitty. <laughs> All right. It makes me feel shitty. I want I want Eddie Murphy. Shitty. He's hilarious. Fair enough. Um, well, do you guys know how this whole Eddie Murphy pulling out of the Oscars thing has made me feel? How? A certain way? Ooh. Exactly. A certain way. But oh before I get into my certain way, we have a uh, news report for the 11 o'clock news from our friend Sue Simmons. Uh, Sue, take it away. At 11, paying more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? Oh, dear. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, you got to calm that down. Um, all right. Wow. As someone who has been involved in the performance arts for about 15 years, Eddie Murphy has made me feel a certain way. 
This was his shot at re-legitimizing his superstar status in Hollywood. He almost did it a few years ago. Remember that? After many years of absurd artistic <clears throat> financial <clears throat> endeavors, Murphy was back on top. He was about to claim Oscar gold for his outstanding performance in Dreamgirls. Then came the poorly timed, tragic release of Norbit. This upsetting motion <laughs> picture helped propel Alan Arkin to Oscar victory over Murphy. While Alan Arkin was great in Little Miss Sunshine, it was Murphy's award to win and his to lose. Just when he had come back from the brink from movies like Pluto Nash, Showtime, and Doctors Doolittle 1 and 2, he came back with a vengeance. Not only did his acting, but his singing shine in Dreamgirls, and it all went to shit. This man, the man behind Raw and Delirious, now spends most of his time dressing as women, listening to animals discuss their woes, and voicing a Disney donkey. This could have been the triumphant return he deserved when he should have won for Best Supporting Actor. I'm of the mind that the show must go on. Regardless of the production team you committed to, you committed to the Oscars. Eddie Murphy should have honored his commitment. I feel a certain way about his withdrawal. Kelly Kayyem, Ryan Willoughby, thank you guys so much for joining the panel tonight. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Holla back. See you guys soon. Over and out. Take care, care, man. You too. All right, that was Ryan Willoughby and Ellie Tyam. All right, next up, we have a very talented singer-songwriter. Please welcome to the program, Zachary Gray. Hello, Zachary. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? Good. I'm great. Great, everything's All right. good. So I've uh, I've seen your name spelled a whole number of different ways, but but how in the hey did you get to Z A C C H E R I? Uh, Ryan, this is uh, actually the Italian spelling of Zachary. Is it really? It is, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So that's I mean I, I don't know what else I can say about it. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, now. Your primary uh, musical influence was your father. So tell me, uh, why why was he so special? How did he contribute to your um, development as a musician? Well, uh, growing up, you know, I had, uh, I mean, he played guitar and sang to my brother and I, for, like, right from when we were little kids. So, you know, we had a musical house. We had a lot of instruments in the house. Uh we always, we, I mean, he played a lot of albums. Like, you know, I, I probably was listening to Bob Dylan when I was two years old. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of kind of hammered into our heads and hammered into my head that music is a is a really important thing. And, and you know, when you, you have that kind of influence when you're young, you, you want to be part of it. Sure. Um, and he used to play his guitar for you. Did, have you guys ever uh, done a duet? Uh, you know, we went into the studio, uh, and we did, like, we kind of just laid a bunch of tracks down for fun, and uh, we did that a few times. We haven't done anything, I mean, for real, like on an album or on stage or anything, but, I mean, of course, growing up, you know, I sang with him a million times, and like I said, we have our own little disc of a few tracks that we sang together that only us and a few other people in the family have, but you never know. could be something... You know, I'd like to bring him out on stage one day and have him do a song or do a song with me. Yeah, man, that'd be cool. Um, now, you where where did you grow up? Grow up? Uh, I grew up in Canada in a really small town of eight thousand people. 
And I mean, like, basically, when you guys think of Canada and you think of, like, mountains and snow and, like, all that kind of stuff, that's exactly where I grew up. Like, uh, we just grew up on dirt on dirt bikes and pellet guns and all that kind of stuff. Really small town, town Canada. Now I live in a bigger city, of course. Uh, you can't really still live there and do this kind of career, but... I definitely grew up in like the storybook kind of Canadian thing or the Canadian version of what, what you guys like to make fun of a lot. <laughs> and, and where are you now? Uh, right now I'm in Vancouver. Vancouver. Very nice. Um, are there still a lot of things filming in Vancouver? A lot of, a lot of movies and TV shows taped there, right? Yeah, there's still a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, with the economy, of course, it's made a, a bit of a difference, but <clears throat> there's still a lot of TV shows being shot there and a lot of movies and, uh, just the weather kind of sucks, so people don't want to live there as much. They'd rather live in L.A. and just do their filming in Vancouver and go back to L.A. Right. Now, uh, Zachary, I've read that your your style is described as, as from the heart. How would you personally classify your music? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, and I, I, I love to push the adult contemporary thing because that's just so many influences and so many different styles and um, combined. And I mean, I, I've had such a broad influence, like from my dad or from my grandfather who was from Italy. So I grew up hearing a lot of Italian songs growing up too. And then of course in high school, you know, I, I listened to a lot of, well, I mean, I liked a lot of rock. I love Tool and Nirvana and then, I love rap music like Tupac and all these things. So I just have such a huge influence. And when I write a song, I don't really think about trying to put it in this and that or whatever. I just write it and, and uh, however it comes out, it comes out. So I think adult contemporary is the best thing I can say just to not lock myself into one genre, you know? Sure. I guess that, that genre, if you will, encompasses a lot of sub genres. So that makes sense. Um, and you're uh how personal is the writing that goes into your songs, would you say? Do you write from personal experience a lot? I do. I mean, I, I write I write from my own experience. I'll write from a friend's experience or even a story or something I hear from somebody or I've watched shows on A&E about like a, a mystery or whatever, a murder or something, and, and written songs about that. I mean, anything that kind of impacts me. And so there's definitely some songs on the album that are as personal as it can get. And there's other songs that are about friends, things that they went through. And there is actually a song about a story uh, I'd seen on TV. So anything that kind of hits me hard, whether it's happy or sad or whatever, then that seems to produce a song. I see. And, and what would you say? You mentioned that um, some songs on the album are about as personal as you can get. Um, what's the most personal song you have on there? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I, I I think that if you listen to the album, there'll there'll be a few. I don't like giving too many things away, and uh, uh-huh. you know, I like for people to. And not only that, another thing that I found that I didn't really expect is that now that so many well people have listened to my album, and then I get stories back from them of what they think songs are about, and it's so cool to, to listen to what the story that they kind of make up or what they think that I'm talking about. And, and I've kind of realized now I don't really like to say too much about what they actually are because it seems to mean so many different things to 
to everybody that, that listens to it, you know, leave it a bit of a mystery. Sure. And I think some people figure it out and other people, I've heard wild stories of like, Oh, that must be this and that must be that. And I'm just like, yeah, but it isn't, you know, <laughs> but I just like, I just like their, their imagination. You know, it's cool. The interesting thing about that is, is they're right. You know, whatever the audience gets is right. So even if you've written something that's totally about something else, someone interprets it a different way. Uh, that's that's accurate for that person, you know. Absolutely is, and and a lot of times, I mean, it's whatever their experience was, right? So, they'll hear something, and to them, they think I'm talking exactly about whatever they went through, and I might not be, but I, I think that's such a cool thing that I don't I don't like to ruin that. So now I just I just love to I write it and then you know put put it out in the universe and whatever people come up with. I mean, that's great. <laughs> Has it been? Have has one of your songs ever been so drastically misinterpreted that it it uh, uh, made you feel a certain way? Uh, yeah. there's been a few times where I will say, okay, it's not about that. You know, if it's <laughs> if somebody if somebody comes out and says like something crazy, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna pull pull the reins back on that one and tell you that it's not. You know, especially if they think it's something that you know because it makes me look crazy. If, uh, What's the craziest they, thing you've you've heard in that regard? Uh, I had one person message me about um, about one of my songs, and they thought it was about like some kind of murder or something, and and uh, like a, I don't know, it was just insane. So I, I got the <laughs> message on my fan page, and I thought, like, should I even reply to this person? But then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, because if I don't and they start telling other people, like, that's just not going to go over well. So I made sure to reply and say, that is not about that, and, and kind of explained it and whatever. But I've heard yeah. like, most of them are, are really cool. You know, most of the answers I get are, are great. And a lot of them are pretty spot on, actually. I mean, uh, sure. so, yeah. yeah. Well, that type of shit can get you thrown in jail. Are, are there yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. are there any topics Zach, that you are um, that you that are too personal that you you wouldn't maybe you would do a song about but you would not talk about? Um, well, you know, a lot of artists that influenced me heavily, and still when I listen to them, I think you know I I can't believe they said that or or I wonder if it's actually personal experience or not, and yeah. that's another thing people. I mean, a lot of times you hear an artist say something from their perspective, but you find out later they're just telling a story or they're they're playing a role and they're writing from perspective of a certain character they thought of. And I've done that as well. So, I mean, I try. I don't think I wouldn't put names in the song. You know, I wouldn't do things like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's more of kind of a rap thing, calling calling people out. You don't really do that in most other music. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that. There are a few topics, if they're really sensitive to me, I would maybe not release it on album right away, but probably later. I don't think there's too much that's that I wouldn't do. I just think that you got to, you know, keep it a little bit classy and, and not try to ruin anybody's life or anything if you're upset with somebody or whatever. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, you always hear in show business, you don't want to burn any bridges, you know, like at, exactly. you don't want to do that with anyone, even even people who <laughs> you really want to. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, uh, well, speaking of sensitive topics, I know that you you grew up with a, a debilitating illness. Um, 
what uh and you know we don't have to talk about this much but what what part did that play in in your music well i didn't grow up with a debilitating illness i got sick um a few years ago actually so i mean i i, I was fine um but i i got sick and it, it was for a few years and that made a huge difference for me i mean it it kind of Growing up, I loved music and I loved playing and, and singing, but I wasn't really the kind of kid that would go and play like in front of the school or like those, you know, I, I wasn't really that kind of a guy. So in high school and stuff, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know that I, I, I played and sang uh, that were, you know, unless they were close friends of mine or my family or whatever. But when I did get sick, I, it, I mean, it just puts everything in perspective. And at a young age, when you're 19 and uh, you start thinking like, wow, this could be it, or this can be taken away from you at any time, you realize pretty quickly that you should definitely go for whatever you love. And that's what it did for me. It just made me say, that's it. I'm doing music, and that's all there is to it. And I think there's a lot of people who uh, have felt that way after they kind of face their own mortality or realize that life is so fragile, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've learned a really valuable lesson from that experience, and now you're living life to the fullest each day, which absolutely, that's the, um, sometimes we got to learn that uh, the hard way. And um, you, uh, who would you say growing up have been some of your idols? Who who has influenced you musically? Uh, well, like we talked about before, my dad was a huge influence on me. Right, uh, and and so was my grandfather, and they those were two huge styles, different styles of music. I mean, I'm coming from like American rock, and and folk that my dad used to play. Uh, to my grandfather was like these old operatic arias and like all this great Italian stuff. But if we're talking about, uh, you know, like famous musicians, my influence is huge too. I mean, in grade three, I was I was obsessed with Nirvana. I wanted to get an electric guitar and and learn how to play every Nirvana song I could. And uh, and as I got older, I was influenced even by like Sinatra and Dean Martin and and all these guys. And then of course, like you know Hendrix and all these rock bands and um, Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. Uh, God, I don't know. I I couldn't really say one guy that I want to be like, but you know Bob Dylan was pretty cool in in the '60s, and he just started going electric. So wouldn't mind being like that. Yeah. I think he's still pretty cool now, even though he looks like he's about 110. Um, yeah, he, yeah, no, he's definitely yeah, he's, still cool now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's definitely been um, one of my heroes. Uh, now, this uh, uh, let's why don't we um, play one of your songs? Uh, let, why don't you go ahead and set up a little bit of everything for our listeners? A little bit of everything. I just wanted some backstory. Yeah. Okay, uh, a little bit of everything actually was a daydream. I just I was sitting beside a window, and I was I was kind of bored. I had nothing to do, and uh, I was looking out the window on a sunny day, and I just kind of had this daydream. Uh, maybe I was lonely. I don't know, but I had this daydream of this girl, and it and she just and, it, and I kind of snapped out of it, and I wrote a whole song about it, and and here it is. A song from a daydream. We will be right back with Zachary Gray. Bit of this in the 
sound is great. <laughs> um, I read, Zachary, that, that music and food are two of your favorite things. Do you ever eat while you sing? You know what? It's something I haven't perfected, but that I am working on. <laughs> Would you do it live, like on tour? You're just... 
eat a sandwich I could try, I could try with, a, with a plate of pasta in front of me and see if I can sing a song and, <laughs> and eat while I'm doing it. And if I do that, I'll videotape it and send it in to you guys. I'm surprised that no, like, none of these heftier opera singers have tried that yet. You know, we don't know what they do backstage. <laughs> so when they're taking their little break, they're probably going back there, you know, eating a little bit and coming back out full, and there they go. <laughs> um, now, we mentioned some of your idols before. If you could collaborate with one person on the face of the earth right now, uh, who would it be? Wow. I wasn't ready for that, Ryan. Uh, that's, that's tough. So they have to be alive, I'm assuming. Or are we bringing people back from the dead? You know, I'd say face of the earth. Let's let's uh, let's say they can be dead. But the thing oh, is, you you'll can... have to bring them on stage as a corpse and perform with them that <laughs> way. So I don't know how effective it'll be. Right. Okay. So if I can sing with any corpse on the face of this <laughs> earth, <laughs> my God, I. That's such a hard question. I look up to so many people, but and you know I don't want to keep saying Bob Dylan, but he was such a big, uh, such a big influence on me and such an exceptional writer. To share the stage with him would be you know the hugest honor ever. And if if I could get on stage with the Rat Pack, Dean Martin and Sinatra and those guys, bring I guess they'd be corpses, but uh, if I could bring them back and just kind of hang out on stage while they joke around and sing the songs, I think that'd be a blast too. Just a bunch of skeletons joking around, and you're yeah. singing <laughs> yeah. off to the side. I smoking like smoking uh, cigarettes and breaking <laughs> each other's chops. Um, it, okay, so wh- what made you cover the song straight up? Uh, you know, I actually covered that originally as something that, like, my friends and I thought it would be funny to bust it out and play it at parties. And it would be something that the girls would really like, and they'd think it was funny and whatever. So I said, okay, I'll learn it straight up. So I went home, and I learned it, and went back, and I played it for some of my friends. And they kind of all looked at me, and they were like, you know what? That is way cooler than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> so after that, I played it for a few more people, and I kept getting the same kind of reaction that it's not really funny. It's actually awesome. So I just went to the studio and uh, played it for my producer, and he too said, he's like, you know what? Let's do it. So that was the story. I can't say I was a huge, I mean, it was kind of before my time. Uh, uh-huh. And we, I mean, we really wanted to do it for chicks. I'm not going to lie to you. We thought it, it would be funny and whatever, but it turned out to be really great. So I recorded it and, and yeah, I'm really happy with it. So you, you're, you, were you just saying you're not the biggest Paul Abdul fan? Is that what you're going to say? No, I'm not going to burn any bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why didn't you cover Opposites Attract? I I I just really like Straight Up. What can I say? Word. Fair enough. Um, so at the top of your bio, it says uh, you asked your mom, "Where does music come from?" Well, what's what, what's the answer there? Uh, well, I think the rest of my bio kind of is supposed to answer that. <laughs> I think. Uh, uh-huh. That's a tough question. Where does music come from? Well, I think you know there's really music in. In every single human it's such such a deep rooted thing there's there's no culture without music so i think music is kind of like the the force that unites humanity wow um a little bit a little bit deeper than what i would agree expecting. yeah um now your your tour section on your site is blank have you zachary gray a fear of performing in front of people 
Uh, do I have a fear of performing in front of people? No, I don't have a tour set up right now because my tentative plans are to come do a tour in the States. Uh, but that's something that I'm trying to work out right now. So I don't, I don't want to jinx myself, but that's the goal. So I'm hoping sometime next year that I'll be doing a tour through the States. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's in the works, possibly. It's, it's in the um, works right now. If, okay, bear with me on this one. If you could never play guitar again, would you play guitar? <laughs> These are some of the finest questions I've ever heard in an interview. <laughs> I, I, would, I would try my hardest. <laughs> Definitely. If, if you were not a musician, what do you think you would be? I'd, I would probably be a chef. I love food and I love cooking, so I would do that. At least own a restaurant. And I guess it would be easier to to uh, sing while you're cooking than eat while you're singing. That singing singing while I cook is something I actually can do. So <laughs> definitely, definitely easier. Stones or Beatles? Beatles. Beatles. I'm with you on that Stones. one. Um, Stones. Stones. Beatles. No, I'm going Beatles. I mean, I am. <laughs> Wait, did you just pull a John Kerry there? You flip flop a little bit? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, because then I thought of Wild Horses, and I love that song, and I love to play it. And uh-huh, so uh-huh. I went, I went back, but I love to play Here Comes the Sun, actually even more. So I went back to the Beatles. Well, John Kerry looks like a horse. Let's get into <laughs> the, um, let's get into another one of your songs. Break our listeners off with another song. Um, I got Set Sail and Watch Your World Come Down. I'll let you pick. Which which one would you like me to play, sir? Uh, we should do uh, – let's do Set Sail. Watch Your World Come Down gets a little more airplay, and Set Sail, I think, is a, a hidden gem, so let's do that one. Let's do the hidden gem. And do you want to tell uh, the audience anything about it, or do you just want to break them all? Uh, you know, Set Sail was a song that I wrote. Let's go. Here we go. And you've got a ways but never felt the fault line. And dreaming, baby, it ain't hard for me to tell. And you've got a place to stay if you rewind. No trouble in the stars now, if you will. I guess you'll never know And I guess we'll never know But she's got her own mind And dreaming, baby, it ain't hard for me to say Friends, they say 
baby, it ain't hard for me to tell. And she's got her own mind. It's time to throw your flag up and say, Play um, 
this I don't know, he's an Australian musician, his name's Xavier Rudd. I, I impersonated him a lot as well. Wow. Um was it mainly those two? Um, I think mainly those two. I listened to uh a Canadian musician, Joel Plaskett. I did him a bit. Uh yeah, just, just anyone any song that I liked at the time I would just try to, to master it exactly to the track and then once I started writing and, and actually trying to do uh, do music as a career, I obviously just took what I had learned and then and then turned it into my own kind of sound, I guess. You know, some artists, when they do that sort of thing and they impersonate other artists, they, they keep those voices for later. Like, say, Billy Joel has a completely different voice in Uptown Girl than he does in River of Dreams. Would, would, do you think that that sort of thing uh, comes out in your music now, or have you kind of found found your voice and you're sticking to it? I would say I, um, for the most part, I, I I found my voice and I'm kind of sticking to it. I'll I'll notice a little bit of some things and I'll try to stay away from it, especially when recording. <laughs> it's not good, uh, but yeah, no, I, it's more so my my own voice now. Yeah, you don't want to be copping anyone's flavor when you're in that studio. No, <laughs> that's right. That wouldn't be good. Now, if you've never had any formal training, how did you, sir? learn to breathe from your diaphragm and are you breathing from there right now i know i'm not i think i am i actually have had uh now that i'm like in recording i've gone to i think three uh vocal uh lessons like sessions uh for uh-huh. training i normally go before i go into the studio to record but but I, i'm doing all right <laughs> okay um now these yeah, yeah. these impressions that you've you've done of other artists uh can can we hear anything right now Ooh, right now. I don't know if they're they're not that spot on to do. I I need my guitar, but uh maybe I'll do some. I'll make a YouTube video and I'll put it up or something. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, we'll just have to wait on that. Um <laughs> now on your homepage, Nate, it says that your voice is infectious. And that sounds terrifying. How fatal <laughs> is the infection? Why would you sing if your voice was infected and do you not care about the health of others? Uh, I do care about the health of others. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit of a, a clean freak. I got to be honest. So I would not want to spread it. But I think my voice I'd like to spread to uh, to as many people as possible. <laughs> okay. Careful with that yeah. clean freak business. You don't want to wind up like Howard Hughes, and you don't you know you don't leave your. <laughs> no, room I'm not. For... I'm not a clean freak. I, I I like to be clean, and I, but I'm not like crazy or anything. Do you no, know that? <laughs> no OCD. I live in Brooklyn right now, and a lot of people, the, the the coolest people right now, they don't really like to be clean. No, are they dirty? Ugh. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like that. <laughs> dirty hipsters, gotta love them. Um, dirty, and, dirty hipsters, eh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're all uh, over this borough. I love it. <laughs> um, although I would, I would rather uh, them be a little cleaner than they are. Uh, and, and Nate, by the way, congrats on your Bell Media Artist Award. What is a Bell Media Artist Award? Thank you. Well, basically, um, we have Bell Media here, so it, uh, they, they own a whole bunch of radio stations. So I won uh, for my single, Keep Moving On, and basically you get uh, radio play across Canada on all the, the Bell Media stations. So that, that was really good for my single. It really helped me out uh, to gain exposure and whatnot. Wow. It's so crazy to hear these two Canadian accents coming at me tonight. It's, I've, I've never been in this position before. It's fantastic. <laughs> a strong accent, really, eh? 
No, not not strong, but just you know, I can uh, tell that both of you're from Canada, and I I love it. Good, good. <laughs> um, so your first single, Nate, sings. It was adopted by the Missing Children Society of Canada as a national campaign theme. So when children are missing, we think of you. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Uh, I don't think necessarily when you're thinking. Uh, basically, this, the song was adopted for the I Stop program, so it was to basically bring uh, children back to their families that are missing. So I don't think they'd necessarily think of me as soon as you, you heard that a child was missing uh, <laughs> at all. But basically, all the, that's on iTunes things, and all the proceeds from that will go to the Missing Children's Society. Awesome. So, yeah, things... Buy it on iTunes, goes to a good cause, holla back. That's right. Um, and you rap, too. Uh, how, how, where, from whom did you learn to rap? How? Um, I think that was probably, again, just trying to uh, trying to rap, like, people that I heard, like, famous, uh, famous rappers, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love, like, like, rap music, and I like B.O.B. especially. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess I was just trying to yeah yeah I do uh, just trying to impersonate people I guess and uh, kind of came out. But now it's definitely coming out in my in my new music. I'm I have a song right now. My next single will be out uh, in about a month. That we're gonna have a little rap bridge. So we'll see how that goes. And are you the one rapping on the bridge? I think that is the case. I think I will rap on it. That's awesome. Um, we'll so. Anyone else besides B.O.B. that is catching your ear right now? Right now, uh, I like Eminem. Um, oh, is that not good? No, I love Eminem. I love Eminem. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said, hmm. Um, no, no, no. I then, said, hmm. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I, I, um, right now, it's really, I, I really just like B.O.B. right now. Going, Tell going me pretty. if you think that. This, you know that little little Wayne uh, li- lyric. There's a little Wayne lyric in a Kanye West song. He says, "You think you always don't think, but you are Mrs. P.U. You think that's hot or a hot mess? Uh, sorry, it's what? You think you always don't think, but you are Mrs. P.U. Hot or hot mess? Oh, I don't know what that is. I I don't, I don't know if I've heard that song yet. You gotta hear it. it See might, you in my nightmares. Kanye, Wheezy, it's sick. Is it good? I should go check it out. What's it called? Yes. Yeah, See You in My Nightmares off the 808s and Heartbreaks. Love it. Very underrated album. Oh, Very okay. underrated because of all the auto-tune business, but it, it's also one of his finest. <laughs> nice. I will go check that out. All right. Let's 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 get back uh, to you. Um, <laughs> if you could collaborate with one rapper, who would it be? Uh, I mean, I'd love to do B.O.B., but um, maybe more realistically, uh, we have a rapper here. I don't know if you guys know about his name's Shad. Um, he's really cool. He's got some, some sweet flow. <laughs> so oh, I'd yeah. really collaborate with him, I think, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, and what about singer? What If you could collaborate with a, one singer in the world, who would that be? Oh, that is tough. A singer. Um, I don't know. I think I'd like I I like Bruno Mars. I guess I could do a little Bruno or like John Mayer or something like that. Okay, fair enough. Maybe Adam Levine. Um, Adam Levine's pretty cool. 
know about that. But if you know, like Adam, you know, uh, right? how uh, how big? Uh, I just have kind of a thing against Adam Levine because he's uh, it's a long story, but it has to do with the night where uh, Maroon Five and Counting Crows were touring together, and me and my boys we love Counting Crows, and we wanted to go on the night, but uh, Counting was closing, and not Maroon Five because they were co-headlining. But then they switched it up that week, and they said, "Oh, announcement: Maroon Five is closing Friday night." So you know, we got there, and Counting did their uh, set, and then. We waited around for Maroon 5, and we're bored out of our minds their whole set, out of our minds the whole set, because we weren't really there to see them. So, you know, I see, that's where I the grudge comes that's from. That's fair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love some of their songs, for sure. Um, yeah. uh, let's, uh, how big, on a scale from 1 to 10, Nate, how big of an influence is Justin Bieber on your music? Justin Bieber on my music? Oh, I don't know if there's that big of uh, I don't I don't have really that uh, kind of R and B sound that I guess Justin has, but uh, maybe I would say like a three, a three or a four. <laughs> I would. That sounds pretty accurate. Um, speaking of your music, let's break our listeners off with a song of yours. Um, why don't you go ahead, Nate, and set up uh, "Keep Moving On." Keep moving on. Keep moving on is pretty simple. It's just like a, a breakup song and. Uh, um, Basically, basically, it's how you, uh, you you can't really feel sorry for yourself. You just kind of keep keep going forward and and not worry about it. So that's just keep moving on. Word. All right, we will be right back with Nate Hall. Here he is. Keep moving on. <laughs> Oh, 
Nice. Now, you, Nate, you talked about um, your, a big influence of yours being uh, Xavier, uh, what was his name? Rudd. <laughs> yes, Xavier Rudd. Uh, it, it, so <laughs> most people, I would assume, who are listening, as uh, clearly I'm not, are not familiar with this person. Uh, who is Xavier Rudd, and, and how did he influence your music? Well, basically, I, I hadn't even uh, even picked up a guitar until five years ago, roughly, like uh, when I when I went and saw Xavier Rudd, and he's basically a um, he's a musician from Australia, and he'll play like he has this setup around him. He's got like drums in front of him, and he's got stomp boxes on his feet, and he's got didgeridoos and lap slides and like all these different guitars and he plays like everything at once so i thought that was pretty cool uh when i saw him five or so years ago and i was like i gotta do that <laughs> so <laughs> i just kind of picked up a guitar and and started i I tried to learn the didgeridoo that went all right <laughs> I, I dropped that act now but <laughs> uh, uh so yeah so that's, that's kind of how i got into it do you aspire eventually to be playing a bunch of instruments at once or, or would you rather just have a band backing you I I think I'll go with the band. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm talented as talented as he is <laughs> to play them all at once. Yeah, that's got to be tough. Um, and you, Nate, have been called a natural performer. What do you think makes a natural performer? Oh, I don't know. I think I guess natural performers just have been doing it their whole life. Uh, not necessarily music, but just whatever they do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're at the age right now where you must be fresh out of high school. Uh, what are you? Are you planning on continuing education or focusing solely on music? What, what's your plan? Yeah, I finished uh, high school two years ago, um, and I've been uh, no, I guess yes, a year ago. Uh, I've been doing uh, music just steady since. I think I'll keep up with that for a while. I'm I'm working on an EP actually right now, so that'll take up a lot of my time. I'm writing it right now uh, with a few different people, but I think I'll, I'll stick to music for now. But uh, definitely, we'll, we'll see. I, I think I think music probably. <laughs> and when will the uh, EP be dropping? Any uh. Um, there's no exact date, but uh, early in the in the new year. Early in the new year. All right, Nate. Well, yeah. we got one more thing left to do. Uh, we're gonna play a game we always play on the show. It's called Hot or Hot Mess. As I alluded to before, yeah. alluded to rather. Uh, I in this game, I give you a list of things. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Okay. Let's open it up. On hot or hot mess, Lindsay Lohan, hot or hot mess? Oh, uh, this is tough. Uh, hot, hot. <laughs> really? All right. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to say. This is tough. This is a tough game here. <laughs> um, yeah, you only have two choices, and they are very extreme. How about Kim Kardashian, hot or hot mess? Oh, I think hot. Hot. All right. How about um, let's go with this guy. Is this guy hot or a hot mess? Oh, this is tough. I think he's. Uh, I think he's hot. <laughs> hot. 
It's okay. too tricky. This is this is an absurd game. Do you do you <laughs> use the same question on everyone, or do you do you change it up? Well, I repeat the same question. However, the answers do not always go hot or hot nest. Sometimes there's an in between that people tend to find. Let's see if we come up with one of those. Um, okay. How about how about Justin Bieber? Would you say he's hot or a hot mess? Oh, I don't know. Hot mess. I'll put hot mess. Okay. Chris Actually, Brown. no. See, there, there'd be an in between. I can't just say hot mess. That's too harsh. <laughs> so, would would you classify the Biebs then as a hot hot mess? Uh, hot hot mess. Yes. Let's go with that. Chris Brown, <laughs> hot or hot mess? Oh, hot mess. <laughs> Very tentative on that one. <laughs> it's tricky, man. I'm telling you. It's hard. Um, I'd like to right. win this game if it, if it wasn't me playing, but it's harder when you're playing, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the uh, that's the the, the yeah. eternal struggle of every performer. It's much easier when you're watching to know what to do than when you're up there on stage performing. That's right. That's right. Um, it's definitely, uh, I think that's more the case with acting, though, than it is with, uh, I, th- I think with music, you you kind of have maybe a better control of what you're doing, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how about this guy? This uh, this happened last night. We played this a little earlier in the show, and it's just too good not to play again. Um, this is what happened last night in a uh, GOP presidential debate. This is Rick Perry um, talking about something. And I will tell you, it's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> Com- you need five. Oh, five. Okay. So five. commerce, education, and uh, the um, uh, uh, EPA? EPA. There you go. No, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk. Seriously? Is EPA the one you were talking about? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the um, agencies of government. EPA needs to be rebuilt. There's no doubt about that. But you can't name the third one? The third agency of government, I would would do away with the education, uh, the uh, (laughs) commerce, and let's see. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. (laughs) Oops. Hot or hot mess? Oh, oh, Jesus. Uh, hot, hot mess. Can I do that again? I think I'll do it. <laughs> what would you What would you say is hot about that? I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's hot or not hot about about that. I don't know. Yeah. I've never heard anyone so perplexed by this game before. People have gotten perplexed, but not to this extent. Not Are you to okay this over extent, there? eh? Maybe it's the Canadian thing. I don't know. <laughs> um... It's yeah. I, well, uh, let's let's uh, close it up with a couple of these. Let's do um, this. Is Ben Cameron? This is these are some clips from our show. This is what happened when from the original cast of Wicked on Broadway, Ben Cameron he did a Neil Diamond impression. And girl, you'll be a woman soon. Is that hot or a hot mess? I think that's pretty hot. That's pretty hot. Okay. How about this? <laughs> Smoky. Hip hop. Hip hop legend Biz Marquee graced our show with his presence once and beatboxed. Is this hot or a hot mess? (laughs) 
or Hamas? Oh, I, I think Hamas. You really? You you were not down with the business beatboxing just now? I don't. Know, I think it's the thing that it's over the phone. I think that's tricky. Uh, it sounds tinny. <laughs> it it sounds what? Tanny? No, like like tin. Like you're in. I don't know. Is that a thing? Oh, I think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. You are correct. Um, <laughs> okay. Last up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is, uh, you're, you guys are familiar with Sarah Palin up in Canada, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, this, I'm so sorry, but this is Haviland Stillwell from Lady Miz on Broadway's uh, Sarah Palin. But there's a YouTube video um, <laughs> that was originally aired on autostraddle.com. Okay. Is that Hot or Hot Mess? That's hot mess, I think. <laughs> I um, think so. Fair that, enough. Was, that was quite the nasally voice. Nasally <laughs> voice. Well, Nate Hall, thank you so much for doing it. Let's play one more of your songs before we go. Um, let's. Uh, we'll play the listeners out with it. I got magic and out of my mind. Which one would you prefer? I play the show out with. Um, let's do. Uh, let's do the magic cover by Bob. I just love Bob, so let's hear it. Call it back. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to play Magic. Uh, check him out, NateHallMusic.com. Uh, anything else you want to plug, promote, say before we go? I think uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks thanks for chatting. That was awesome, man. Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Take care. Here we go. It's Nate Hall, uh, Magic. I got the magic. Oh, 
That was Nate Hall with Magic. Check out our guest tonight at ZacharyGray.com and NateHallMusic.com. Blazing Rye Radio featuring your smoking nephew, yours truly, Blazing Rye on the ones and twos. We'll be back on Monday, um, the 14th of November, 2011, uh, and we will uh, have Broadway legend Mark Kudish as well as singer Chad Kichula. Do you love the alliteration in the title? Mark Kudish, Chad Kachula. Love it. Um, so, I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And lastly, somebody owes me a martini. Good night, everyone.